Welcome to the KLE Podcast with your host, Sean Smith. Encouraging and equipping leaders with a kingdom mindset to inspire, to influence, and to impact your culture where you are every single day. And now for today's episode. Okay, good morning and welcome to the KLE video <laughs> Cast um, and podcast episode with Steve and Sean. Um, we are live in our conversation. As usual, our conversation has been already proceeding and uh, been getting into <laughs> some heavy stuff on sharing with each other. So here we are again. And um, thank you for joining us. So welcome, Steve. Yeah, thank you. It's kind of funny how we actually had to start a whole new session because we ran out of time. <laughs> oh, ran out of ran out of Zoom time. So, um, so yeah, we've restarted. Hopefully, we we have enough time on this one. Okay, so um, while we were talking, this scripture came to me um, from Philippians chapter three, and uh, Paul says, "Not that I have already obtained it or have already become perfect." but I press on in order that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Christ Jesus. And preceding that, he said, um, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I've accounted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be lost in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them but rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And um, I, our conversation to this point has been pretty much on some of the experiences and things that we've been through in the past and, uh, and now moving forward, you know, is just uh, many times we can get captured in the past. Uh, I think is, is a best way to describe it. We can get, held hostage in the past, past experiences, past factors of disappointment, control, disillusionment. And, uh, but we've got to sort of kind of release those things, Stephen, and, and begin to press on to what is our purpose in Christ. Right. Yeah. Cause even Paul says, forgetting those things, which are behind, I press forward to the prize of the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. So, uh, this, in fact, he says he precedes that saying this one thing I do, yeah, forgetting those things which are behind, and that's a constant process of always forgetting those things which are behind. I mean, even five minutes ago, even our last conversation, yeah, you know, is behind. Yeah. So now, what is it that Christ is doing now? What is it he's doing, you know, with with our relationship? What's he doing right now uh, with things that are going on and and that's what we that's what we follow him for is that freshness that newness of walking in newness of life right. not not continuing to dwell in the past or what's happened or anything yeah. else yeah but um i forget where it is i think it's in isaiah that talks about the the past um it talks about putting the past you know don't don't even consider don't consider the things of old. Yeah. Behold, I do a new thing. 
um, if that's the case, if we're always looking at the past. Uh, I've always heard it said you can't drive looking in the rearview mirror, and which is true. You can't you can't drive looking backwards. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you have to be able to see what's coming ahead. So, um, you know, consider not the former things, nor even consider the things of old. Behold, I do a new thing, saith the Lord, and now it shall come. Now it shall spring forth. So, um, we don't even see the springing forth if we're continually looking at what happened in the past. Um, I was told by some people, uh, we used to have a uh, just a home study for a while um, here at the house. And, and uh, some people were saying that I sounded so much like a, a, um, a former teacher that we all knew. And I said, I was teaching this way long before I ever became a part of this group, you know, so um, but it was an indictment. It was, uh, they were so afraid because they didn't want to hear any Greek and Hebrew. They didn't want to hear the definition of things. They didn't want, they want the gospel now the way they want it. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to hear something else. They didn't want to hear, um, even who I was and the way I presented because it reminded them so much of, of, a, a, of a different source. And so, um, you know, I finally just ended up just shutting the thing down because it just, it, it bothered me so bad. And I thought, why is it we're still controlled? We're still controlled by things of the past and we shouldn't be. Yeah. So, you know, I pressing think, forward. I, you know, it, it, it is, um, it, you know, I mean, I just thinking of uh, another scripture, Second Corinthians 5.17 says, you know, we are new, any man who is in Christ is a new creature. Or creation. All things are passed away. Passed away. All things have become new, um, and all things are of God. You know, so we we, but yet we we testify to what's taken place in our life, where I was, right. um, and where I am now, and and Christ's intervention in my life that makes it all all brand new. If any man is in Christ, so the the but the challenge is is not to turn the past into the, the Hulk, you know, and, and the, right. who's the skinny guy, you know, it's just like, um, it's really not the case, but we tend to, Dr. Banner, yeah. you, know, you know, you've heard these testimonies, you know, and I mean, they spend an hour saying how bad they were and telling all the stories about, and everybody loves the bad stories. And then they go, I got saved. Now I'm new. You know, it's just like, yeah. that's the end of it. You know? <laughs> and it's like, oh, really? I mean, you know, that sounded like exciting back there, you know, just like, so um, we've got to learn to, to be able to visit the past without it controlling us. I understand, you know, for me is I understand sometimes it takes time for, uh, the healing and the restoration to take place after right. the experiences you've been through. And, and sometimes you get just knocked emotionally. That just really takes you out. And, and, uh, but, but the principle is we've got to leave those former things behind. We've got to release people. We've got to forgive people. We've got to forgive ourselves. I think that's a tough one. Oftentimes is right. We don't right. forgive ourselves for having, you know, fallen under the, the, the spell. <laughs> yeah, the spell, the unscrupulous, um, you know, manipulations and control of people. And, and we think, because we, we really believe we are spiritual enough to know what we should do. Um, and we fight for our dependence 
independence in a sense, but um, but we do. We fall under this these deceptions oftentimes. I did, and uh, and I thought I was doing the right thing, but I wasn't. You know, and the thing is, when I caught yeah. myself, it took me time to come out of it. It took me time to get back to who I am and learn my lessons from it. I think that's a big thing. Right, right. You know, learn what you can, and that and, and that's what I was saying to you earlier. Is like. For me, it's like sometimes I visit the past, not because now it's the past, it's history, but I visit it because it reminds me of why I'm so passionate about what I do now, why I'm so right. passionate about my message now. I could be preach, you know, we, we can preach a lot of stuff. It's like, but, you know, you, there's something, a message that you are really passionate about. And that's the message that resonates with people. That's your uniqueness. That's the, the aspect of God that you have. Something that you carry as a mandate within you, as a message. And you've got to Because it's been worked in you. It's been. It's been worked in you. It's part of who you are. So you right. can help it, you know? And Yeah, that word has finally become flesh. Yeah. And since it's become flesh, you, you can't help but speak it out. That's right. I mean, it's so much a part of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's not just a teaching anymore. It's something yeah. of who you are. Yeah. I shared, so. I shared this with somebody one day. Is that this scripture, I, I actually got this from Watchman Nee, but it, it, it just like was so powerful. And it talks about, um, he says, um, we do not preach ourselves. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 5, we do not preach ourselves by Christ Jesus as Lord and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Um, and then he shares about a little bit, and then he says, um, uh, no, that's not what I'm looking for. Oh, then verse 11, he says, um, verse 10, he says, always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh so then death works in us but life in you and i, I always wondered you know what does that mean you know i mean <laughs> you've got to like get beaten up every day otherwise you've got no life you know and then watchman he brought out something here that was really incredible death works in us and that death is we're dying to that message that that god is is called us to um, our story, our message, whatever whatever it is, and however you deliver it, not everybody's called to stand up and preach in the pulpit. I mean, that's just, you know, um, I think we've got to even that out. It's like, but you deliver your message the way, you know, whether it's in your business, in in in, in your teaching, whatever, you know, in the, uh, being a teacher, educator, whatever it is, but you've got a message, you've got a story that, that motivates you, inspires you to bring it, deliver it. And that message has to work death in you, but it also works life in others. What, yeah. So that's what you were saying. What was the words you used? It's, you've got to consume it, you know, it's got to consume you. Right, right. It, you, the word becomes flesh. I mean, finally it's become you. It says old things are past. Old things are, which is present tense, Yes. passed away which is past tense so all things are are passed away it's always in a continual process of passing away yeah i bear in my i bear in this body the death of whatever 
because yes. old things are passed away. It's a continual process of having all these old things just pass away because we're not supposed to hang on to, if I continually hang on to the past, I'm going to see everything through that filter. That's exactly the thing. And uh, I had a really good friend um, that passed away here um, a couple of years back. And uh, he used to be an enforcer for the mob. And um, he was an old Italian guy, big guy. He'd say, hey, Steve, uh, you want to come over to the house for dinner tonight? I go, nah, I can't do it tonight. You know, uh, you know, Barbara, she spent a lot of time, uh, you know, working on this, uh, on this food for you, so. I went, no, I really can't. Now, you know, you know, it's important for her, you know, to feel like she's, you know, approved of, or she likes to fix things for you all. So, you think you can make it? Yeah, I think we can. You know, I figured, I figured you could probably do it, you know? <laughs> But, you know, it's funny because you could take, even though he left the mob, he never talked about the mob to me. He talked about the regeneration of Christ that brought him out of it. So he didn't glorify the past. He didn't glorify uh, how bad things were, what were going on, you know, that the guys he took out, the, the enforcing he did. He would always talk about, you know, the goodness of Christ and what Christ did to bring him out of it. And I thought, you know, that's that if we would, if we would somehow focus on that yeah. uh, of all these past things, then, then it would be profitable. Uh, I remember one time he said, you know, I was saying to him, you know, Bob was, she was out there. She was, um, you know, fussing at the kids. And I told her, you know, Bob, you keep doing that to the kids. You're going to find yourself in the trunk. <laughs> but, you know, and he would, he would play around. I don't know whether he was playing or not. But, you know, I mean, you know, you, you hear him talking like that, and you can sense some of that old, you know, that old life that he had. You know, you could, you could kind of feel it every now and then. But to not have that glorified, to have the work of Christ glorified in your life and have that as your testimony. The testimony isn't what I used to be. The testimony is what Christ did to get me out. Yeah. Who I am today. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the exciting thing. And, and I know, as you were saying, you know, Hey, when we get back on, you know, let's talk about, <laughs> maybe we can talk about how to get out of this, you know, how to, how to move forward from there. Yeah. And that's probably it is, is more focusing on what Christ has done and who we are now in Christ, not, not who we used to be under, under whatever, but who, who are we now? Because the old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become, are become new, which means it's a continual process of becoming new all the time. Yeah. His mercies are new and fresh every morning. So, you know, I'm not having to try to look for new mercies. They're new and fresh every morning. So, I can walk today in a brand new walk of life in Christ that never even existed before. Today, yeah. I can do that. And I can rise up and old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I don't have to wear that scarlet letter. I don't have to wear who I used to be. 
it is not a part of who I am anymore. I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Yeah. So we we often the problem is is we don't we don't journey the transition. We don't right. go through the process. We're not prepared to submit to the process. And the process is put off the old, put on the new, and in, sandwiched in between putting off the old and putting on the new is being renewed in the spirit of your mind. And That's true. Yeah, the spirit of your mind. You know, so you've got to be renewed to the point that it, it, it's like really down deep inside of you that something shifts in your whole, what you were saying is we interpret everything through the old um, if we stay in the old. And so right. the only way to change the filter is to change our mindset on what, how we filter things. So right. we've got to, we've got to change the filter. So step number one is we definitely need to have a new mindset, you know, is we, we, right. need to, we need to get ourselves renewed in the, in, in our mind, like you say, and, right. um, and change that, that whole perspective so that we talking about the new rather than dwelling on the old. Um, right. But sometimes we're stuck and sometimes we can't. So what do we do then? Uh, you know, it's like, I, I've, I was one of them. I, you know, I, I was stuck for years in, in just the, you know, the, the, the hurt, the disappointment, the betrayal, the, the, the loss of purpose, everything that was robbed from me, you know, it, it, it wasn't that I was mad at everybody. I wasn't mad at everybody and I wasn't bitter towards anybody. I was just emotionally stuck in a place that I actually didn't want anything to do with anybody. <laughs> that right. sort of authority figures, I had wanted nothing to do with authority because it seemed like every authority or every leader, let's put it rather that way, every leader I encountered seemed to, you know, um, not verify, uh, what's the word? seem to confirm that what right. I had seen is in, in this process, you know, and it's just like, I struggled, I struggled, you know, um, something happened to me, but you know, that I think is, would is helpful. What do you think, Steve? Something happened to you that was helpful. What no, no, was helpful? No, yeah, no, I'm saying I've, I've got like a next step in my mind, but what would you say is like, if somebody is stuck there, what, what would you, what would you suggest then? Part of what the process that you and I both went through, and I've seen this happen with a lot of other people, a lot of times they have, they don't have anybody to talk about what happened to them. And a lot of times just the ability to sit down and listen, yeah. Uh, without judgment, without, without trying to fix them yes. right then. Good. Um, just get, squeeze the wound, get all the pus out, yeah. you know, get all the infection out. And I'm not saying it should be spilled on everybody. It's just um, sometimes it takes a little bit to extract because that root of bitterness, if you don't get to the root of it, right. the root of bitterness is going to defile many. It will defile the rest of their lives. Yeah if they don't get rid of the root of it. Right. And sometimes it takes just talking about it back and forth. Cause I know you and I over the years have talked about this. I don't know how many times, quite a few times, uh, but every time it's, it's more, it's more finding out a little bit more of the root yeah. and what caused it. Not just, not just what happened to me, but what, what made me come into that situation. What, what brought it about, you know, what, 
so that I don't fall for that again. Or like you said, I don't replicate it again in people in my, in what I'm doing. That's exactly right. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, for me, it was a, a watershed moment when somebody actually, I mean, besides our conversations, you know, but uh, just outside of that, having a leader who, who decided he was going to take the time to, to sit and listen to me and, and hear my story, you know, and, and be kind enough to, to give me time. He was a very busy leader, but he, he, he made time. It was, it was generous with me in the sense that, and it wasn't, he didn't make it about him and about how I had to fit in with him. He just made it about me, you know, and just what I'd been through and just affirmed me in it. And I think that made a remarkable difference, but it was just him and me. It wasn't in a meeting. Um, right. It never came up again between us. Uh, in fact, he said to me, he said, look, what your lessons, we need that. You, you, you know, I, I need you to point out to me if you see anything like that, that I'm involved in, you know, and, and uh, so, you know, that again, that was, we can, a we can smell it a mile away. Yeah, we, exactly. We can tell where it's coming. Yeah. And you can tell even the setup of it now yeah. uh, uh, because yeah. we have the scent of it. We know what it smells like. We know what it looks like. Right. And we, we know how to, we know when it's coming now for anybody else. And yeah. so you're actually able to help them avoid the pitfalls too. And of course, if they'll listen, but it's nice to have somebody that's willing to say, hey, if I'm heading this direction, please help me out. Exactly. So. And, and, you know, yeah, well, of course, that's a lot of times is because leaders often are so feel so threatened. They, they don't accept anybody's input. You know, they don't trust you to to bring the, the you know, input that's going to help them. They think you're actually threatening them. But but yes, I, you know, and that was the thing. And I think. To me, that's why it's like actually revisiting the past, not so much from a disappointment point of view, but from, okay, these are things that verify why or confirm why I believe what I believe, why I am so adamant, so passionate about what I do, you know, and it's because, and, and that's, but the thing is, I choose who to share it with. I choose who will listen with that kind of frame of mind, who, who's not going to jump on it, get offended, you know, or get offended at me or at them or at the situation, but actually will understand where it comes from. Um, something that you said is important is that um, disappointment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, <laughs> disappointment, disappointment leads to, to a deep hurt that creates bitterness. And right. So, you know, finding the right person to talk to, I think, is important. Not not just anybody, but finding somebody that you can, who, who's got the heart, uh, the you know, the right heart, the right spirit about them, the right attitude about them, to talk about these things is the right person to, to get hold of. You know, it's just like, I know it's not always possible. My son said to me in South Africa, he said, where do we find somebody like that? You know, I don't know. I, I took a long time to find it myself. So, um, and hopefully I'm that, I'm the, that kind of person now is just like, you want somebody that doesn't have implicit expectations on you, that doesn't hold you to some regulation and some stereotypical, well, you shouldn't be like that judgmental, you know, um, but who believes in, in, in the relationship more than their teaching. You know, I think that's, that is, that's a, that's a key one right there is because all of it stems in relationship. It doesn't, 
it doesn't matter my dogma. It doesn't matter my doctrine or anything else. What matters is the relationship. And I, I don't mean to adjust your dogma and your doctrine to fit your relationship. I'm just talking about the valuing of a relationship more than you value what I'm able to teach or anything else. Exactly. It starts somewhere, you know, it, I, I think if it, if it starts with a relationship, it starts with, can I trust you? Do you have integrity? You know, is that, so we're talking on both sides of the aisle here is like on one side of the table, those that need to get rid of disappointment and those on the other side that, that are there to bring the katatismos, which is the equipping to repair, repair, repair and prepare people for their works of service you know so and it's not just i mean it is the apostle prophet evangelist pastor and teacher and that that's why you you and i steve are always on this thing you know that though the fivefold so-called fivefold gifting um of doma gifting these are the things that are more important to them that should be than they're building their ministry because you can be so busy building a ministry that you forget the people that you forget that those that need healing those that require that kind of thing you know um when you realize that you're a fivefold or a gifting like that a doma gift sent by christ the whole reason christ was sent was so that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly right. if that's the case then those gifts by christ jesus because jesus ascended upon high and gave these gifts to men so if they're a gift of Jesus Christ, they're going to perform or they're going to do the same things that Christ does right. the same way he does it. Right. So if that's the case, then my whole thing, my whole intent and purpose is so you can live. Yeah. It's not so I can have my ministry. Christ never came to have his own ministry. Wow. He came, he came to fulfill not only the work of his father, but he came because he, he wanted to make sure that these guys were imparted with something before he left. He was going to give it to them. He was giving them ministry, not taking ministry. Right. right. Yeah, I don't want to be a part of my ministry. I, I, I'm going to sit here until we we set yours up. That's right. And that's exactly what he did. He took three and a half years. He The whole thing that he did was to show them how it had to be done. So right. uh, that that was how, how, to, how to bring the kingdom of God and what is the kingdom message. But... Um, I, I thought about that. I mean, and even us talking now, I thought to myself, it's amazing how we think, you know, the guys like Peter, James, John, Matthew, Andrew, I mean, you're talking about Judas Iscariot, a jolly political activist. Uh, you've got a political revolutionary in the other Judas, and you've got, I mean, you've got this whole, you know, you've got scam artists, and you've got, not scam artists, but scammers. Tax collectors. Scammers, yeah, I mean, you've got this whole range of guys. I do not think they were like the, you know, religiously upright, you know, everything together, emotionally all sorted out. I don't, I just don't think so. I think, I think um, that they were in a situation where they needed this master teacher to come in there. And he was a master teacher, not because he could stand up in a synagogue. In fact, at some point he got kicked out of the synagogue. So he, he spent time in right. the hands, but, um, they related to him because of his relationship that he built with them. Come and see where I stay. Come and, yeah. and have a meal with me. Let's have breakfast. You know, fish and, and, and multiplication. Come on, guys, you can do this. And I go, well, you know, they were still struggling through that whole thing. And yet, so sometimes he would correct them gently. But all the time, he was a relationship teacher. He was a relationship leader. 
you always gave them what their value was and got them to value each other. Hey, it's not about who's the greatest. It's not about who's going to sit on my left hand and my right hand. These are not issues. It's like we get to serve one another. So he constantly built value into each other, in them to each other, and he built value into them by valuing them. And right. Uh, the end result is within three years. Most ministries never get that done in 30. You know, within three years, he could, he could release not perfect, definitely not, not perfect in any form or fashion, but he could release them to carry on the mandate that would change the world, you know. That's incredible. Right. Uh, it just, just blows me away. So, oh, help me to be like that, man. Oh, man. Yeah, because his intent and purpose was them, not and the furtherance of his father's kingdom. It wasn't it wasn't what can I accomplish or I need people to most of our life is spent on I hate to say this, but maybe it's just true for me. I don't know. But even in teaching, even in whatever it is that we do, a lot of times it is it is to try to get somebody's approval or somebody's well they they'll think i'm spiritual or they'll think that i've got it they they'll they'll call me back because i've got this particular amount of of revelation or whatever i mean it's but it's about me it's not about the furtherance of the kingdom of god and that's a part that i know i know has to die i i bear about in my body the dying of christ you know that's the part uh because that ego that that self-centeredness, that um, trying to say, look at me, look at me. Um, the whole objective, like I said before, of the of those guys, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, is to invest into the saints of God till we all come to the fullness and stature of the Messiah. Right. It's not till I come into my own ministry. Exactly right. And so and it says a man of understanding, um, a counsel is bound up in the heart of man, but a man of understanding will draw it from him. Yeah. If you think about a man as a well, a wellspring of living water, that's been a fountain shut up on a garden enclosed, my whole job then is to get that thing flowing again out of his belly, flowing that river of living water once again, so that they can get the revelation. They can, when the light turns on in somebody, you know, I can teach them something for 20 years and they still not get it. And one day the light comes on and they go, and I go, Man, I've been telling you this for the last 15, 20 years, but the light came on in them, yeah. you know, the, the something, something connected. And that's the, that's the part that you want to get them to that counsel that's bound up in their heart right. and beginning to draw that out of them then rather than continually putting something in continually driving it home continually getting it fixed in there because uh, that's what a dead sea is the dead sea is nothing more than all these rivers and stuff flowing into a place but there's no outlet yeah yeah so it becomes salty it becomes stagnant it becomes uh there's just there's no flow there's nothing and and it's dead i mean it has no fish it has no living living things in it so uh, if we can somehow or other begin to draw things out of people again and find out what they're called to do, find out what their purpose is in Christ and help draw that out of them. I mean, 
that would be like the ultimate thing for me is to begin to see people coming into who they were called to be. Right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I always think of like, what is the practicalities? How, how do we get there? And right. it's, for me, it's like the, the way that I do it. And I'm on, I do a podcast every single day on leadership. And it's like, where do you find the stuff? But you know, I, what I'm doing is I've learned the principle of learn something, internalize it and teach it and, or, or share it, you know, is like constantly doing that. So for me, it's like not just listening to a whole bunch of, I mean, I've listened to thousands of hours of teaching as you've probably done too. It's just like thousands of hours when it was still cassette tapes and now it's YouTube and audio books. I mean, this morning before I even got up, I listened to like two hours, two and a half hours of audio book, you know, just listening to an before audio book. Before you got up? Sorry? Before you got up? Yeah, before I two got hours? up for two hours yeah so i i just turn on an audio book and i i plug it into my ear so it doesn't disturb anybody and um and i just listen to two and a half hours of audio book you know because it just feeds me it feeds me feeds me but the thing about it is i'm always teaching it i'm always teaching the principles i'm not going okay well you know uh ew kenyon said in his book that and that you know it's just i, I take the principles internalize the principles and then teach it to others and and it's the same with the Bible. You know, for me, it's like not how much I know, but it's what I do with what I know. So it's not just about increasing me or expanding me. It's, you know, it's, it's, I think when we start reading the Bible, when we first get saved, it's survival. You know, it's like, okay, I, I need to survive. I need to get out of where I'm at and get into where I'm going to be. It's even like when you sick and dying, you know, you start reading, listening to the word, reading the Bible and stuff just to survive, to live. Right. You know? So you, you get into the word and I tell people that I, 24 hours a day, take 24 hours a day, switch off everything and stay in the word 24 hours a day. Listen to teaching, listen, you know, read your Bible, listen to confessions, confess the word, whatever you can take to get it beyond this thing into your spirit, man, so your faith can grow. I said, whatever it takes, 24 hours a day and until it manifests in your body. I, me, I, I would rather sleep on the patio and just do that, you know, just, you know, survive. But then you move from survival to success. And now success is when, when you can start being a, ble a blessing in the sense that you're blessed, you know, is this like you're moving into yeah. a place where you're now experiencing the goodness of God. You, you're experiencing it. You're sensing it. You know it. You walk in it. You have confidence in who God is and, and what he says in his word. But we can't stay there. That's not the place to stay. The place to st go to is significance. And that's where you're teaching others. And I'm, again, I'm not teaching like I have to be a prophet. I have to be the prophet teacher. I have to be an apostle. I've got to be a pastor. I've got to be a Bible study leader. I'm not talking about that. It doesn't take it. Last night I went for a walk. I met the, the, the next door neighbors. We spent an hour standing out in the garden in the dark, just talking about the things of God, you know. And and is this I okay? They're going all right. This is interesting, <laughs> you know. Just and I'm just sharing things that I've learned from from the Word of God. That you know, that's just how it is. So we've always got to get to the place where where we get it internalize it and and share it some way i mean it doesn't have to be preaching it please don't please don't take your bible with scriptures and shove it in people's face at work 
doesn't work. It doesn't, they despise that. You know, somebody might change, but I promise you, being religious about it never works. Learn what Christ said. Internalize. Live what Christ said. Let it work death in you so it works life in others. You know, let it, let it kill what that person needs. Sorry? What that person needs at that time. Exactly. Yeah, not just teaching a bunch of stuff. Yeah, you know, a bunch of principles, but what do they need right now? What does this little plant need to make it to their next level? What is it exactly. they need? Exactly. And then you speak to that. Yeah. So Christ was very good at that. I mean, he didn't he didn't just teach a bunch of stuff most of the time. He found out what the disciples were going through right. and spoke right to that need right at that point, right at that time. Exactly. And in the season that they were in. I mean, he arrived at the right time. So everything worked together for his message to be clearly understood, you know. And, uh, and so he could bring that little piece. The kingdom of God is like. you go, And they could relate to that. They could understand that. So, we, you know, we've got to find that principle, that truth, whatever you want to call it, um, and internalize. Because when you internalize it, what I found, Steve, is when I internalize it, I can... Share it without trying to think about it. Right. You know, without trying to fit it in or or trying to work out the three points in a poem, you know, in a hymnal to go with it. You know, it's just like, it's just something that's part of me. And so I, you right. know, I find it easy to talk about leadership because going back to our original thought was, you know, because I, what we came out of, I began to look at this and go, something is wrong with this. This is the worst of leadership you can experience. I didn't know it at the time, but it was the worst of leadership. Then I began right. to see other leaders around me. I'm saying, okay, so I'm looking at the, 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 the bad and the worst of leadership. But then at the same time, when I started recognizing that, I started seeing, I've seen the, the good, the best, and the exceptional of leadership. And so it's just like, okay, what are the principles that we need to know? What, are, what can I learn out of that? And then begin to internalize it and internalize it until now it, it's just part of who I am. Who, what Jesus did as a leader is so much part of me. I, I don't think about it. I just, I, I just have a picture. I, I've caught the spirit of leadership from Jesus, you know, in that sense. And so I, there's something to it is this, for me, it's now not, not teaching just teaching, you know, a PowerPoint, five print points on a PowerPoint, but it's, okay, this is the heart of it. This is the spirit of it. Now I hit it from every angle that I can to get that message across, you know? Well, something else, too, that you said earlier as far as bringing out in each individual person their significance um, to realize that I'm here for you. I, I know... I know what you need right now. I know what the Lord's doing in you. I mean, I don't have to tell them all that stuff, yeah. but that significance to realize that the father sent you here for me right now. Right. I mean, that's what that whole Melchizedek priesthood was. Exactly. Melchizedek didn't come to just preach something all of a sudden. He came to bless Abraham. That was his whole intent and purpose. Yeah. And so, um, and he was the Prince of Peace and here he comes and he's, but it's that significance of knowing that, that I'm not just sitting here listening to a guy spelled a bunch of principles. I know that he knows, or I know that Christ sent him to me right now because I need this portion. Right. 
And uh, it reminded me, uh, that's why I was looking up here a second ago, uh, Matthew 14. It says the kingdom of heaven, or Matthew 13. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hidden in a field, which when a man hath found, he hideth for joy, goeth and sells all that he has and buyeth that field. Yeah. And so, you know, we've been told that, that the kingdom of heaven is like unto this treasure, you know, that's hidden to a field. I mean, you, you go and because you have joy, you go and hide it and, and sell all that you have and go and buy it. And you're very excited about it. Uh, the next one says, again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who with when he had found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast in the sea, gathereth of every kind. When, when it was full, they drew to shore and sat down and gathered the good into vessels and cast the bad away. And uh, so there's three different things there the kingdom of heaven is like. Yeah. The first one is the kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure. The, the third one there in verse 46 or 47, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was just cast in the sea. And a lot of times, you know, you'll find out that we are just casting a net in a certain thing. Yeah. Um, like a, almost like an elevator type presentation where I'm going to go ahead and present this right now just to see if there's any little fish out there in the sea that, that want to know any more. If they do, then we'll spend some time talking about it. But for right now, I just know that there's, you know, nothing, there's nothing that needs this right now. And a lot of times, a lot of times I'll do that is I'll throw a net out there and just see if there's somebody that's even interested in that. If they're not, that's no big deal. But that middle one that's sandwiched in there in between, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls. We were, we were always taught, or at least I was, that the kingdom of heaven was the pearl of great price. And we go and sell everything that we have and buy that pearl. That's not what that says. It says the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man. And he's seeking goodly pearls. That when he found that one goodly pearl, which is you, which is that person who's standing in front of us, that person needs to know that they're significant enough that God himself considered you worthy enough that he went and sold everything that he had to purchase you, to buy you, to set you aside for his purpose, for his glory. And like you were reading the very first scripture you read, you know, if I could only attain that for which I was attained, if I could only, if I, if I could only apprehend that for which I was apprehended. And this is that thing that's telling you, you were apprehended. This is a merchant. He was seeking goodly pearls. And he found that he found you and he went and sold everything that he had so that you can come into the purpose that he has foreordained for you to fulfill. He already saw you as a pearl of great price. And now he's going to make sure that that worthiness or that worth, that worthness is shown abroad and displayed. And that's something that uh, even to realize that the people that we're working with or the people we're touching realize that this is who they are they're a pearl of great price otherwise the lord wouldn't have sent us here to help from this one point to another i mean this is what we're here for exactly. and he wants to display you yeah. in his kingdom yeah. so anyway it just it just struck me when you said that something about significance because that's one of the things that most people lack so much is that significance that's Even it. realizing that their significance and the, they're significant in the eyes of the Lord. Yeah. 
and to realize that this was sandwiched in between in between these things where, hey, the kingdom of heaven is likened to this field, I mean, likened to this treasure. Yeah, go sell everything you have because it's worth it. But then right in the middle, he says, it's also like a merchant man. And he's found a goodly pearl in you. And he went and sold everything he had to get you. And it's something that just really, it just really gave me significance to realize that this is how he views me. This is what he believes that I am. All the stuff that we've been through, all the stuff that we've, that he's brought us through. The fact is he brought us through it. And we came out the other, just like he said, hey guys, we're going to the other side. And it didn't matter what storm came up. The fact was in the middle of the ocean or in the middle of the sea, you know, they're all freaking out because they're going to die. And he says, hey, you know, you have little faith. Well, why would he say that? Because right at the very beginning, he says, hey, we're going to the other side. Yeah. And it's something that to realize that he began this good work in us, he's going to complete it. Uh, we're, we're his workmanship and uh, he's going to make sure that this thing's done in us. He's going to make sure it's complete. And there are people that are sent along every now and then to encourage us and to bring us alongside and to further the growth. But, um, um, we're his workmanship. He's the one that's going to make sure that we're brought into that fullness of, of who he is. So, Anyway, I just, I don't know why I got off on that, but it just, that little, that little word significance got me. So. And, to, and to flip it on the other side of the coin is in, in the same vein as, uh, as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, uh, we are merchants going and finding That's the significance in others, you know, finding That's the true. value in them and willing to pay the price that's necessary in relationship. You know, we... You know, we, Steve, both you and I, um, you know, we're constantly getting requests for give us money for our ministry, give us money for our ministry. And it's like, um, you know, the thing about it is, are you being significant just in your relationship? You know, that is the important thing. It's not just about money. It's are you prepared to pay the price in relationship? Are you prepared to find the value and the significance in others? Um, because that's what the kingdom of heaven is like it's like you are now the merchant and i was saying to this couple last night is uh, you know the the problem is is we always think that it's just uh, it has to be a five-part course we're always looking for the silver bullet program or course that's going to help us to be better witnesses or better influence so we can grow the church you know and it's like we got to right now especially in our nation united states of america we got to we got to die to that stuff and be prepared yeah. to be the uh, to pay the price, the, the make the sacrifice to be merchants looking for fine pills and people. You know, that's it's, true. We have that's to, good. We've got to get out and say, you know what? Is find the value, and that doesn't mean you go and preach to them. It means finding the value. Just what we're talking about. Yeah. Because listen, you know, I'm telling people are messed up. They're having messed up lives from messed up families. Uh, Man, it's just, I, I must, if I can testify to this last, last story, but um, I started driving school bus, you know, and um, uh, now just, you know, recently, so I started on a minibus and I only had six kids and in the minibus. So then they said, now we want you to go to the big bus. So now I'm driving the big boys bus. So I'm driving a big man's bus and big boys bus. And I got 40 kids on three trips. So, 
um, in the morning and then two, 240 loads in the afternoon, high school and, and elementary. And initially, they because I was new and they like, uh, you know, who do you think you are kind of thing. Oh, they didn't say that, but they didn't greet me. They, you know, one guy was like all rough with me and, you know, just talking ugly to me. And, and I, at first I just thought, I said to Michelle, forget it, man. I, I can drive bus across the country, but I just do not feel like micromanaging other people's kids. You know, I just don't feel like it. I just haven't got the energy for it. But then, then the Lord, um, somebody actually sent me a message, <laughs> a messenger and said, those kids are going to be the most prayerful kids in the whole county. <laughs> and I thought, oh my word, yes. You know, I'm, I'm, here I'm talking about dominion all the time and I'm not exercising any of it, you know. So I started, I started taking authority over the spirit in that place and I started praying in the bus and, and speaking out that God's life presence and, and, and love and joy fills that place. So I've been driving, this week was my first week on the big bus. By Thursday, Thursday afternoon, um, the, well, within the day, within the day, those, the, the rough guys calmed down. He was shouting yesterday out the bus window to the other bus, how's your bus driver? Our bus driver is awesome. <laughs> and I've, I've done nothing. All I've done is I greet every single one of them, um, you know, very enthusiastically. Hi, how are you? And, and, uh, and they, you know, they're all walking, some of them just like don't greet you. But now they're greeting me, you know, and I walk through the bus every morning, every afternoon, and I lay hands on each seat and I, and I just speak. And while they're sitting in the bus, I'm calling out their purpose. That's pearls to me is they have yeah. a purpose and a potential in Christ. I, I call that out in Jesus name. And I, and I speak healing and I speak deliverance and I speak protection over their lives because they come from broken homes. And I, you know, we were talking earlier about being the gardener, you know, and how God teaches you in the gardener, but now okay. it's, now it's not plants, it's people, little people. And it's like God said, you know, is that if you, to have the heart again for what I want you to do, I'm going to give you people. And I've got them for half an hour in the bus, but it gives me time. Um, I can't, you know, preach to them or anything like it, but it gives me time to connect with them on a spiritual level. Cause I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't have conversations with them and stuff, but they, I mean, on Thursday afternoon, two moms came and knocked on my door and I opened the door and they just said, we want to thank you that because our kids, elementary kids think you're the hero. You're the best thing next to, you know, next to white rice. They just said, you, you've got all these kids here are your fans. And we just want to thank you for being such a great bus driver. And I was like, okay, three days and I'm a fan. <laughs> I mean, I've got fans, you know, I said, this is awesome. Yeah. Just, but it's amazing how God can turn the thing around. And, okay. and you know, when you're talking about that is like, We've got to realize our value in Christ. We have to realize our value in the kingdom of God is that we are citizens because of what Jesus did. And our citizenship is, is not just a small thing. You know, for me to become a citizen of America is no small thing. We've had to move heaven and earth to get here. You know, it's just like we, it cost us to get here. But we're here, and now we've got to go through a process, and then we've got to write exams, and, and we've got to go for an interview, and we've got to pay more money, and then we become an American citizen with a blue passport. I mean, that's a big deal. You know, it's no small thing. I value, I value the process tremendously, my family and I, you know. And so, um, 
and here we are, and here we can become citizens of the kingdom of heaven. It's not a small thing. It's highly valued, you know, is that Christ did, your father did value you enough to send a merchant to discover you and bring you back into what you're supposed to be to redeem you, restore you, uh, renew you, you know, and, uh, but on the same vein, let's not let it get lost on just us back to, right. you know, to building our thing and our ministry and our success, but using it to find the significance and the pearls in others as well. Yeah. Well, like you said, for those kids to realize that they are a pearl of yeah. great price, they've probably never felt that significance ever before from a bus driver, let alone anybody else. You know, we just, we're just a bunch of cattle that are just herded in here. And, yeah, for whatever purpose, uh, yeah, sit down and shut up and, you know, I'm going to take you home and throw you out the door. But to realize that each one of them is a pearl of great, you know, I, and to see it from that perspective then, that this is what he sees them like. Yeah, exactly. And to, and to do that in, on his behalf and to take dominion. Like you said, we forget, <laughs> we forget that we're placed here to take dominion. That's right. And we forget that in the littlest things. And it's not to control people's lives or to, to take dominion over people, but over the situation, over the, circumstances, over the, over the atmosphere. I said, that bus right. is my office. That bus is, is my territory, you know. So I'm driving that bus. I'm praying for them. I'm blessing them, you know. I know they're setting me up probably for something that they want to violate somewhere along the line, some, some rule they want to break. <laughs> but, you know, and I'm not, I'm not out for popularity. That's not what I'm looking for, you know. But significance, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm looking for. So I pray intensely for them. I, I, I wake up in the middle of the night and I can see their faces. I mean, in three days, it's amazing what God does for you in three days. Yeah. You know? And I still, you know, and so I'm staggering now my progression in that. But, but it, it's been a real example. Again, another lesson for me is that God placed me there for a reason. And, you know, I honestly didn't want it. I honestly fought the thing. I <laughs> want to deal with this, you know. At first I was thinking, oh, Lord, just let me get them from point A to point B as quickly as possible and get them out the bus so I don't have to deal with this. That was my first day. My first day, I was like, I said, Michelle, no, not for me. You know, I'm not interested in this stuff. But by the second day, by the third day, now, you know, is that because I changed my heart and I began to apply just what you said, but you know, on the right. other side of the coin, you know, it's just like, and I'm saying that to everybody. It doesn't matter where you are. You can do the same thing. You know, that person is ugly to you, that person, because I was going to confront that big kid, you know, he was, he was like a grade 12 and he's like, he's, you can check, he's the, uh, and, uh, but I just began to pray for him, I prayed for him all night, the one night, because I thought, I'm going to have to confront him, uh, you know, and just deal with it, you know, I'm going to deal with this thing, I'm going to confront him, and he wasn't on the bus that morning, so, okay, I'm not going to deal with it like that, but that afternoon, he got on the bus and as he climbed on the bus, he just said to me, he said, hi, how are you, dude? <laughs> I said, I'm very good, dude, and you. And he goes, I'm great. I said, wonderful, wonderful. And since then, he's now the guy shouting to everybody, we got an awesome bus driver, you know. And I said, you're right. You don't know what their past is. You don't know what they're going through, yeah. what they're dealing with. But me just giving him some value by just saying, good afternoon, how are you? makes a huge difference and but it's the spirit in which we do it you know so i don't right. the scripture right. prophesy I've, I've been prophesying to the bus but not to you know physically to them so we can use these and that's what i'm saying is like to us who who are there um people are hurting so people get stuck in the past 
we can use this. Th these are our, our principles, kingdom principles that we can use to affect people's lives in our nation. People are hurting. They're on the streets. They're hurting. You know, it's not that they're just confused. They, they just really have an identity crisis. Don't see people as the enemy. They're not the enemy. The spirit yeah. behind this whole thing is the enemy. We are to take dominion over right. these things. And so let's, let's find somebody. You don't know who they are. I mean, it's, whether it's a next door neighbor or, you know, it's the silent majority. Some, somebody that's some old person sitting in there. What's it? The bus drivers are like escapees from the old age home. <laughs> they, <laughs> they get in their bus and they can run, drive around. So, <laughs> but, you know, maybe it's one of them just to be interested in their life and, you know, and see right. value in them. So anyway, I, I, that's, yeah. that's, that was a very good scripture. I think we can end on that one. That I like that, that, that encapsulates everything for me. Awesome stuff. Well, thank you very much for being with Steve and I again on that conversation. It wasn't Friday, it's Saturday, but um, hey, whatever works. And we get it out to you as much as possible every week um, to have you come and join us. And hopefully, and we trust and believe God, we take dominion, um, <laughs> that uh, it'll stir up and inspire something in your thinking, in your life, something you can take action on and apply. And uh, we can begin to see the kingdom of heaven um, going out and, uh, and touching people's lives as well. All right. So great to have you with us. Have a super weekend. Until next time, this is Steve and Sean saying, God bless you. Uh, I ended.